Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Energy Intelligence podcast series. Uh, today's episode will be focused on, on oil markets, uh, and it's been a few months since we've been with you. Um, and, and certainly it's been an eventful summer, um, especially the last month, month and a half, uh, with developments on the supply side, uh, a quick OPEC meeting, uh, you know, developments uh, taking shape uh, with Iran, um, and also on the demand side. Uh, where we've certainly seen uh, some impacts of the Delta variant around the world, uh, but 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 also the you know the market generally sort of looking through it and and then oil prices uh, you know regaining seventy dollars uh, over the recent uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be here to unpack all of this uh, for you uh, and also project ahead through the end of the year um, and look ahead to two thousand twenty two as well. Uh, with me on the podcast today, I have my esteemed colleagues. Um, Oliver Klaus, who is the Bureau Chief of our Dubai office. Oliver, welcome. Hi, Abby, and welcome, everybody. As well as Julien Matonier, who is a senior oil markets uh, correspondent and analyst uh, based in London. Uh, Julien, welcome. Hi, Abby. Thank you for having me today, and uh, welcome, everybody, to this podcast. Thank you both for, for joining. Uh, this should definitely be an interesting and, and timely discussion. Uh, I can't believe the, the summer is already over, um, but there's certainly a lot left to look ahead to for the rest of this year. Uh, maybe just a, a good place to start since we're just uh, you know, a week removed from uh, the latest you know, monthly uh, edition of the OPEC Plus meeting, where it was actually a very quick meeting uh, and the outcome was largely as we expected. Uh, you know, despite some of the the, the concerns around demand um, and, and prices, you know, dipping into the 60s, uh, OPEC generally uh, stuck to their course. But Oliver, maybe I can hand it to you here just to unpack what happened at the meeting. What are some of the the things that they talked about? Um, also at the the JTC uh, uh, meeting that that preceded the actual OPEC plus ministerial meeting. You know, they looked at some interesting scenarios. Um, not over the short term, but looking ahead maybe to, to later this year and, and next year. Uh, maybe you can walk us through all that. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Abi. Um, as you said, I think we definitely have a few interesting months ahead uh, of us. So uh, it'll be, um, I think there'll be a lot to discuss for, for all of us. But yeah, let's just recap what happened last week. So OPEC Plus had a very quick meeting, as you said, in which producers basically signed off on the planned 400,000 barrel per day production increase in October. So there was full consensus on, on that and, and none of the drama we saw in, in the meeting prior to that when the UAE was looking for a baseline revision. Now, um, there was obviously discussion on what's happening on the demand side, especially given concerns over the COVID Delta variant and um, as a group, basically acknowledged that, yeah, they, um, you know, they, 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 they recognized uh, the threat, the, the spread of Delta uh, presents. But, you know, they, um, at least, you know, in the, in the public statement afterwards, they did strike a more positive note overall. They pointed to strengthening market fundamentals and falling OECD stocks, at least until the end of the year. But I think what uh, stuck out really were some of the stock scenarios uh, the JTC presented in its report, um, you know, prior to the meeting, and especially uh, looking into 2022. So I'll, I just wanted to very quickly run through this because it's really important. Now, in terms of 2021 stocks, basically the report showed in its base case scenario, 
OECD commercial stocks running at 74 million barrels below their five-year average for 2015 to 2019 at the end of this quarter, at the end of the third quarter 2021. Now, this is uh, uh, dropping to 56 million barrels below the five-year average at the end of the fourth quarter. And now the same base case scenario is showing um, uh, for 2022 stocks building and basically exceeding the 2015-19 average at the end of each quarter and finishing the year 260 plus uh, million barrels above the five-year average. Now, so that's obviously something we'll have to watch very closely. But, you know, what's even more interesting, there was an alternative scenario uh, which assumes slower demand growth. And uh, in that scenario, basically what we're seeing is uh, uh, OECD commercial stocks um, at around 34 million barrels below the five-year uh, uh, average at the end of uh, the third quarter. And that's then flipping uh, to 100 million barrel uh, uh, surplus at the end of the fourth quarter. And then next year, basically stocks continue to rise until, you know, throughout the year, until year end. And uh, they were projecting, what, almost 600 million barrels above the 2015-19 OECD average. So, you know, that's obviously something, um, you know, that will have to be addressed in, in, in the upcoming meeting uh, in October when they have updated figures. Now, what's interesting, um, the uh, uh, it seems that OPEC will be adjusting upwards its demand outlook for um, global demand outlook for 2022. And so I think, so our understanding is this is sort of signaling that even stock builds uh, uh, that we may be seeing in 2022 will be more manageable. Um, now, just to be clear, the, the scenarios, they're, kind of, they're basically assuming that um, OPEC, continue, OPEC Plus continues to implement uh, the, the rolling back of, of the cuts, so adding those 400,000 barrels per day roughly uh, each month until September 2022. And they were also assuming Iran, Libya, and Venezuela um, to exempt from the cuts to continue producing uh, um, at their estimated July 2021 levels. Um, so uh, I think there'll be a lot for OPEC um, OPEC Plus to look at when they meet again uh, uh, on October 4th. Great, thanks, Oliver. Yeah, I mean a lot of interesting points there. I think the you know the the last meeting was more straightforward. But as you noted, uh, in the next couple of meetings, and it may not necessarily be the next one, but at some point in the next couple of meetings that, you know, that, that they may have to sort of, you know, reassess uh, their strategy. Now, you know, there have obviously been some additional developments in the last week or two, um, such as the, you know, the, the hurricane here in the U.S. and the impact on stocks and production. Uh, so, you know, the, the, they'll certainly have you know, some additional data points to, to assess. Now, you know, you, Oliver, you noted that, um, you know, the, the, the stock build scenario, you know, was factoring in an ongoing supply addition, right, month over month um, over the, you know, over the next at least three to six months, which which kind of leads to one scenario where um, there are stock builds going into to early next year. Uh, Julia, maybe I can bring you in here because we sort of see a similar picture where uh, we see demand sort of, you know, flattened out over the near term. Um, you know, obviously, you know, some recovery Post some of the the Delta issues and lockdowns in the last month, but 
um, but not a material improvement until next year. Um, and as a result, you know, we also think that OPEC will have to OPEC plus rather will have to, uh, you know, either dial back or, or take a pause at some point if they want to avoid uh, stocks building. Um, you know, the, the one other thing to note is, you know, stocks generally do build in the in the wintertime and, and that may be OK to some degree. Um, especially if prices are, you know, kind of comfortably in the 70s and, and, and stay that way. But Julian, maybe you can walk through um, our balances and and how we see, uh, you know, the the next you know quarter or two shaping up. Um, but also, uh, you know, our picture also for uh, for possible stock builds at some point in the next you know two three quarters. Thanks, Abby. Yes. Well, let let let's say uh, in a nutshell that uh, the old market looks uh, uh, much more similar to what it was before the pandemic. And, uh, and oil demand has been rising fast uh, over the summer. So global demand has, has continued to grow despite COVID, but maybe not as fast as initially expected. To make a long story short, oil demand, while it was rebounding from the trough of the, of the pandemic, from, from the bottom of the pandemic, has been interrupted by the spread of a Delta uh, variant. And... and uh, and this has somehow curbed fuel consumption in, in, in several regions where access to the COVID vaccine has proved uh, slower and or uh, difficult. So global demand in August flirted with 100 million barrels per day. Uh, we expected that number to be uh, the 2021 peak, and it will probably be. Um, September, we reckon, will be at least... 1 million barrels per day below that peak, uh, you know, before, as you said, seasonality picks up and and, and winter fuel demand sort of um, takes over uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, bringing those demand numbers closer to their uh, 2019 levels, but but still, still shy of 100 million uh, uh, barrels per day, uh, we estimate. So yes, demand has risen fast during the summer, but, you know, with Delta variant on the back burner, as well as some persistent, um, you know, impediments to global mobility, including in uh, in OECD, OECD Europe, where consumption, at least preliminary data, con- uh, consumption data uh, in countries like France, Germany, or even Italy may not meet uh, prior, prior uh, demand expectations. Uh, the U.S., on the contrary, has been a key driver. It's been a driver of, of demand recovery uh, thanks to the summer driving season, but that summer driving season is drawing to an end. Uh, the consumption peak has uh, likely passed, and we are now slowly moving into, uh, well, what you say, basically, the, the, the shoulder autumn season where demand slows down and refiners begin their semi-annual turnarounds, which means a bit of a subdued uh, demand, uh, at least prompt demand. Uh, now, having said that, the product forward curves across most regions are showing a backward-dated price structure with, you know, prompt prices trading above uh, future prices, which reflects the general view that product markets will be tight uh, heading into the winter. And also, maybe I should add, there, there is a soft consensus that Delta is only a temporary demand setback, while on the other hand, you know, the supply losses that we've seen might be persistent and could be permanent. Uh, so, you know, this is why key commodity markets, including crude oil, are in deficits. And this is why the, those markets are, uh, you know, those 
forward-looking markets are expecting some tightness heading into the winter. Thanks, Julian. Yeah, I mean, those are all very good points. And, you know, and, and we expect this sort of short-term tightness, despite some of the demand hiccups to continue. Um, and, you know, clearly, you know, OPEC Plus needs to continue to add supply back to the market. Um, you know, the, the, the question will be sort of what happens in, in, in the winter. Um, and also, you know, if the market continues to draw and, and uh, Julian, as you noted, if, if inventories, not just for crude, but for products get tight, uh, then you know, then, then there will be an impetus for, um, you know, for for you know the market to allow for some stock builds at some point, especially as we get ready for 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 next summer. Um, before we get to you know kind of the outlook for 2022, um, Oliver, I wanted to bring it back to you because one of the kind of the key variables out there in the market, uh, both for balances, um, you know, of course geopolitically, but but also as as far as OPEC plus decision making goes, as you referenced earlier, is what happens with Iran. Um, and, you know, things have, you know, definitely, you know, sort of gone quiet um, and we've seen a pretty sh- sharp reversal from the momentum that had been built up in the spring around, um, you know, getting all the various groups back together, uh, you know, towards a, a renewed a nuclear agreement. Um, you know, that momentum has certainly shifted um, and, and the implications from an oil market perspective are pretty significant, right? You could have, um, you know, the, the U.S. And, 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 and the rest of the West. Um, you know, having to uh, take a much sharper look at Iran, or you could have, um, you, you know, kind of a, a shift in momentum again towards a deal. Um, and the two different outcomes could mean a very different supply picture, right? One way or the other, in terms of how much uh, Iranian exports are, are pushed out to the market. Um, so Oliver, maybe you could just kind of walk through the latest uh, that 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 you're seeing, um, you know, in terms of the, the neg- negotiations and discussions with Iran. Uh, our base case on where things are going to be headed uh, and where we could be wrong. Maybe I can just hand it to you to talk through that. Yeah, sure, uh, Abi. Um, I mean, I think, you know, as far as the uh, as, as OPEC plus and balances are concerned, I'd definitely say Iran, you know, remains a big wild card. There's obviously potentially a lot of upside, you know, potential uh, for oil exports. Uh, I'd say right now, it doesn't really look as if a return to the nuclear deal is imminent. Um, you know, in fact, over the last two days, you know, uh, it seems tensions between Tehran uh, and the IAEA have increased uh, because the IAEA basically has said, um, you know, and that was in a report to its uh, board of directors, that Iran hasn't, you know, uh, uh, complied uh, with a lot of its obligations, um, that they have conducted enrichment activities that are not in line with the commitments under the JCPOA. So uh, this is, you know, this is the kind of stuff that uh, gets a lot of attention and it's going to be the subject of talks uh, uh, that, you know, Robert Malley, US negotiator, you know, he's in Moscow and Paris this week. So it'll be subject to those talks for sure. Uh, that's something to watch. Iranians have rejected the criticism. You know, um, they basically say the agency is giving in to uh, pressure from some of its members. Um, but I think the point here is really that there isn't a process right now underway that will lead to um, you know the sort of imminent lifting uh, of U.S. sanctions on Iran. And certainly not anytime soon. So. Um, uh, the question is, you know, uh, is this, you know, is this going to happen at all? I think, you know, we cannot rule it out, but I think, you know, we have to really watch how uh, 
you know, President Raisi, who came in in August, is going to uh, position the country. It certainly seems that they're taking a pretty hard line position, you know, insisting on the original point that, you know, they, they didn't pull out of the JCPOA. It was the U.S., so the U.S. should come back in. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out. I, I just one point to add. I mean, we, we have a new Iranian oil minister, Javad Auji. He's come in and, you know, he has sort of made the sort of comments that Zangane made in the past as well. He, he basically insisted, you know, once sanctions are lifted, Iran will come back, you know, uh, and, and raise oil production exports as much as it can. Um, you know, I think, we think, this could take Iran to about 3.8 million barrels per day within just a few months uh, um, and to 4 million barrels per day of production uh, within another few months. And that could take exports potentially you know, up to 2.5 uh, well, two, two million barrels per day. Um, but of course, you know, there's lots of question marks around it. I don't think the Iranians will find a lot of ways of increasing exports as long as sanctions are in place. You know, they, they have said they'll, um, you know, they'll continue to find new ways of selling their oil. But the reality is, you know, uh, customers um, are just not willing to take the risk uh, uh, right now. Um, there is just too much concern still, uh, um, you know, given, given uh, the sanctions that are still in place. So, um, yeah, potential wildcard, but... Uh, no imminent um, threat of Iranian oil hitting the market, I'd say. Great, thanks. And yeah, yeah, the market implications are pretty, you know, pretty significant, right? Obviously, if more exports hit the market, this is something that OPEC Plus will have to adjust to and kind of factor into their overall group supply calculus. Um, and but if they don't, you know, if the sanctions are continued, you know, well into 2022. Um, or perhaps even tighten further so that, you know, some some exports are actually taken out of the market that, the, you know, the Biden administration has just kind of generally overlooked. Um, that could actually keep the upward pressure on prices. Um, and, and, and that is kind of our, our base case view. I mean, that that is, in, in our view, kind of the, the uh, you know, the most likely driver to, to 80 plus um, if, if the Iran situation, um, you know, takes a turn for the worse or, or really sort of drags out. Um, especially into 2022. And this is kind of the last point I wanted to leave it at, Julian. Maybe you can just quickly talk through our view of, you know, demand kind of getting back to quote unquote normal, getting back to that, you know, that magic pre-COVID level of, you know, roughly 100, one and a half, 102 million barrels a day. Uh, what do we sort of expect on that front uh, looking to next year? Um, you know, how do we sort of match up versus consensus? Um, and then maybe I can just kind of round it out with our oil price view. Yeah, sure. So, so to summarize, 2021, we expected global demand to be rising by about 5.3, 5.4 million barrels per day to an average 97.4 for the year. And uh, we expect demand to rise by another 2.9 million barrels per day in 2022, which brings us to something in the region of 100.3 million barrels per day. Uh, for the 2022 uh, uh, average, so so uh, I mean the rationale be, be behind that is, I think we're we're still sort of selling an, uh, a a narrow gap between you know the possible development of of those new COVID variants and the higher risk of um, 
of inflation, which is associated with with the economic rebound, and this economic rebound is still you know is still happening regardless, um, which means that, um, and I think several analysts have, have have observed that demand at the moment is dictated more than you know flat demand from from those countries and those economies rebounding than by economic growth. You know, we've been we've been fixated by by economic growth and the fact that it's 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 you know we might have to revise down a few numbers for China, for example, we might be closer to six percent rather than eight point five percent as 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 uh, as previously expected. But you know, it doesn't really matter in terms of of demand because the sheer size of those countries and the economies rebounding will will bring a global demand back to their you know, it's normal levels. It's it's 2019 normal levels. So so this is what we expect uh, to see uh, uh, happening in 2022. The only downside being, you know, uh, the the probability of negative winter virus sort of uh, seasonal surge, uh, which might be expected in in, in the country. You know what? Well, but we're we're sitting there in developed uh, nation debating the opportunity of a third vaccination booster uh, rollout this winter when uh, some countries in the developing world uh, haven't been uh, vaccinated yet uh, to the same extent. So, so and, and, and if that doesn't happen, then, you know, this cycle of new variants, vaccine resistance, et cetera, will carry on. Uh, so maybe the question that we should ask Demon Wise now is, is there an opportunity to give a couple of shots to countries like Pakistan, India, uh, you know, Bangladesh, rather than having a booster shot uh, uh, in developed countries, would it would it be better for for all demand if that happens? So I think this is uh, this is something to to consider and think about. Um, so yeah, this is this is our view on 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 demand and 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 uh, and I think markets are currently fully conditioned on the idea that even if COVID cases go up, it's fine as long as severe illness is prevented in in most regions. Right. Thanks, Julia. And, and, you know, and there's certainly a belief that that, you know, we just sort of have to march on and um, and, and try to continue to grind back to uh, to normal from a macro and and from an oil consumption perspective um, as we get through next year. Um, just to wrap up the discussion, uh, I just wanted to note that, you know, we've been saying for a while that, you know, really from an oil price perspective, to you know, We've been telling our, our, our clients and our, our, our colleagues to expect to get used to seeing, you know, 70 as, as the new 60. Um, and, and certainly, you know, as the, you know, some of the, the demand recovery uh, uh, pieces come together um, and, and also possible supply pressures build, whether it's Iran, um, you know, or limitations with non-OPEC supply, in particular in the U.S. over the course of next year, that, you know, that, that you could see some, you know, some, some upward pressures from sort of the, the low uh, 70s price on average that we're, that, that we're forecasting. Uh, we would not be ex- surprised to see, you know, $75, $80 price at, at some point next year. Um, generally, there's also the, the backdrop of, of, of inflationary pressures and, and other supply chain issues that, um, you know, in parts are not, uh, you know, different from, from what we could potentially see in, in oil markets. So, so this is kind of the, the, the latest view that we have. Um, you know, we will certainly be watching uh, OPEC plus Iran demand, of course, uh, you know, the world kind of looking to get over uh, COVID and, and then manage through new variants and, and incremental issues. Um, and, you know, and, and we'll be coming back to you to update on our latest thoughts 
uh, over the next couple of months as we get close to the end of 2021 um, and look to turn the page to 2022. Uh, for now, I just wanted to thank uh, Oliver and Julien, uh, both for their time and their insights. Uh, and and then we'll, we'll certainly look forward to, to having uh, more of their time uh, in future podcasts. Thank you to everyone and hope you're staying safe. And thanks for joining the Energy, Energy Intelligence Podcast. Thank you.